can't record. Nope. That's one. Nope. Restart me. What do you mean record? <laughs> I just went by Apple's campus in North Austin, which looks like it costs a billion dollars, but if you start a new audio recording and click record and quick dive, might just be like, no. No. Yeah. No, I don't no. want to record. Okay. This time I got a yes. <laughs> Sweet. Cool. Um, I will uh, just decide to go first because uh, okay. it's late. <laughs> I'm tired because I go came back it. from Spain today. Um, you were commenting on me going to Spain while I have a small kid <laughs> and a pregnant wife. So uh, I have an awesome <laughs> wife, which is how I could do that. And I will say awesome. on Saturday I leave for a week with Tobias without Maya. So she Aww. has something to look forward to. Nice. <laughs> Good for her. Yeah, we're going to Malta. So it's going to be interesting. <clears throat> a whole week away from Mama. Yeah. With my, uh, my, my side of the family. So my parents, my sister, everyone's going. Cool. And uh, yeah. But uh, anyways, I came back from Spain today. So I'm, my brain is a little fried. Um, and the, the last update I gave, <clears throat> I forgot to hit record. So I'll give a quick, just like a quick recap of like the last two months, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, so I think the last actual update I gave, I was really focused on the sales uh, reform for sales teams use case. I kind of pulled back on that <clears throat> a bit because I just, um, that's that's all I described in my last update two weeks ago that I didn't record. Um I just didn't feel enough pull in that direction to feel comfortable enough to kind of bet the farm. And I've had this um, feeling in my stomach for a long time that I didn't, I wasn't really, um, I didn't feel very good about where the product was reformed. Um, I didn't feel very good about the execution these days. Um, and I think it's it's a matter of me being missing in action since the summer <laughs> um, because I got so pulled into all the tailwind stuff in the fall. And so there's a lot of things on in the product, on the website, in the onboarding uh, that I just felt bad about. And, and since I didn't feel that strong pull um, towards like the pivot, I, mm-hmm. I decided that the thing that I really wanted to do, and I will say like one thing I can, can, decide to do now with the tailwind job that I have now, which is the, the part-time tailwind gig, um, is I can go with, I'm, I have more time basically. So mm-hmm. I decided that what I really wanted to do was to spend more time kind of feeling better about where everything was and kind of see if I could pick up our momentum again. And, and then with that, um, obviously things might start to go better. Uh, um, probably not a miracle in, in any way, or I didn't expect a miracle, but um, what I did kind of expect was that it could open up kind of like the the surface areas of like new pivot ideas or um, just talking to more people and getting more people to look at the product. Um, yeah, so that's kind of uh, what I decided to do, I think, Um when I gave my last update, I shared that I had made some updates to the homepage. Since mm-hmm. then, I've finished those. 
Um, so the homepage is looking much more modern. It has colors now. Um, hat tip to Matt nice. Wensing, who yeah. proposed. <laughs> he, Wait, who? <laughs> I think you even cursed when you sent me an audio message and you're like, someone, <laughs> it looks like someone is beep, <laughs> hate colors, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't understand. But yes. Yeah, so uh, now it has colors. And oh, um, I so even wonderful. tweeted... Um, the redesign and I got so much positive feedback from it and it felt amazing and in general like I've been tweeting more stuff as I've kind of made progress on some of these things that I knew was lacking that I I knew I could do and it's given me so much energy and it's I've missed people saying nice thing about (laughs) what we built (laughs) for a while yeah so yeah it's I think this stuff is actually having the effect that I hope it would. It's giving me more energy. It's making me more excited to work on the product. Um, in the last few days, I started working on some of the, the design stuff in the in the app and tweeted about that yesterday. Um, got some feedback there as well. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm already starting to feel better. There's still a lot to do. Um, I'm kind of picking the low-hanging fruits first. The, the other thing I did in the product is I really got back into the code again, um, which has been a very long time. And that feels even better because it's one of the things I felt the worst about with Reform is I just felt like I had been like removed <laughs> from the code mm-hmm. base because um, yeah, a lot of it is React. Um, a lot of it is also Laravel, but a lot of it is React that I am not very familiar with. And then Bjorn has like made progress on it for half a year without me or even more. I didn't do much feature work uh, even when I... So I've I just been like detached basically. Yeah. Um, but I found my way back in somehow and I had this amazing... Um, I had this amazing like d- development breakthrough the other day that I shared with you and Derek as well where... Mm-hmm we had this awkward situation where uh, you guys at summit are using reform. And while I was like testing, like, do you want to pivot to the sales use case? Um, one of the ways I did it was I kind of changed the homepage to be sales focused. So I mentioned features that we didn't have yet just to see if people uh, would sign up because they wanted those features and that we could build them. And then it, we could pivot in that direction. Mm-hmm. And then but obviously, I I don't want to just like lie about what features we had. So I said that it was an early access. So the only way you could sign up was to like ep- apply for early access and kind of describe your use case. So then I could kind of figure out <laughs> what you actually needed. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, like existing customers could still see those, like go to the website <laughs> and read it, um, mm-hmm. which Ryan did um, at Summit. <laughs> So he assumed we had one of these features, which is um, basically, we call it um, partial submissions, where if you have multiple pages, each page is basically submitted as you go through the form instead of at the end, which is how it works now. And um, so for like three weeks or something, um, he assumed that that worked and it didn't because mm-hmm. we hadn't built it yet. And he didn't have to sign up for the access because he already had Silly a reform Brian. account. Silly, he Ryan. already had. There was already yeah. a summit account that he could just use, so he didn't have He'd to already join the early access list. That's right. <laughs> um, which I hadn't customers. really thought about 
like an inactive user becoming active um, and assuming that <laughs> anyways no, so but i kind of like case. yeah yeah it, and but it felt bad and and i felt bad um and um no and it kind of motivated me to kind of revisit this so this is a feature it sounds simple um it's less simple that it sounds like many things when it comes to forms and We've wanted it for a long time. We even had a PR on GitHub for like a half version or half baked version of this from one and a half years ago hmm. uh, that we just never got back to because um, it was just a big mouthful and we had other things to do as well. Um, but I remember after our conversation, I took a long shower and and then it just clicked. Like I, I, I suddenly, while I was in the shower, had the idea for like, a really simple way to build this feature. And so so part of the reason why I was so hesitant is to do this, the, the old way we thought about it, we basically would maintain a submission and then as you add stuff to it, you would kind of basically modify that. And especially if you go back in the form and change an answer, it becomes like you basically have to do like an update on an answer in the database. And doing mm-hmm. an update is like basically the same as deleting something, you know? Mm. And it gets really scary because the thing that just can't happen with reform is that we accidentally like delete in submissions or don't capture uh, submissions. Strong agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which as a reform customer, like that sounds bad. terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just, it's so like, you know, some forms are not, not super important, but some forms are extremely important. Mm-hmm. And so that's like every time we have to touch the core of that, we always are very hesitant. And we always, that's why it sat there for one and a half years because we didn't feel good about it. So that's why we didn't release it. Mm-hmm. And then it occurred to me, like, and I think it's because I've been thinking about event sourcing, which is kind of like a programming, uh, a, a programming technique or whatever you want to call it where yeah. instead of maintaining like the state you have all the events that you can basically use to rebuild the state but you store the events not the final state basically and then it occurred to me that maybe we could treat this the same way so basically the idea was to just add an extra layer on top of when you're filling out a form Basically, the form is like emitting all these events. Like now they filled out this, now they filled out that, mm-hmm. and then we just store that. And by by storing that, we can even do it like asynchronously. So that's the other thing. Like the more code we add, we add to the point where you click submit. That's like synchronous. That happens synchronously. Is code risk, that could have a sure. bug. You know. Yeah. Yep. So we try to keep that as simple and small as possible, and everything like integrations and stuff has to happen async because you know if the notion api is down you should still get your submission it just Mm. doesn't go to notion but it still goes to reform sure um so so we did the same thing with this and basically it's just like sent the form is just like sending out events about what's happening and then we have something on the back end that listens for that and just stores all these events and then by having all these events, like they filled out page one, they filled out page two, then they went back to page one, filled it out again. And then page three, we can recreate the final state of the form really easily. Mm. Because the first time they filled out page one, we can just ignore right. because there's a, a, 
more recent one. Mm-hmm. And it has a bunch of nice things as well. Like it gives you the history of how they filled out the form. Um, mm-hmm. We can show this like timeline basically of where they, like how far they got. And Sure. And, and, and there's a lot of assumptions that people fill out forms linearly, but what if not? Like what if they skip harder questions that could give you insight? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and this feature is so good because you can ask for the email on the first page, and then even if you have seven hundred pages, <laughs> yeah, um, you still got the email um, yeah. when they stop. You know, yeah, because your form is too long, but it doesn't matter as much. Mm-hmm. So it's not. It it ended up uh, clashing a bit with Bjorn traveling to Mexico and stuff like that. So um, it's not finished yet, but the the hard part is built, and I built that in like four hours or something and it felt so cool it was a trip like i yeah because it was a hard thing that we both acknowledge as like a really hard thing that we just hadn't figured out and then me as like someone who hasn't touched the code for a year comes in and with fresh eyes and just like bang it out and it was amazing it's so good there's a lot to be a lot to learn from that the fresh eyes part especially yeah 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 and i've secretly wanted to do you know, rewrite reform to using event sourcing for a long time, but now I'm kind of like sneaking, <laughs> sneaking it in. And it, it's also an extra backup layer. Like even if something happened to the submission, we might still have the events to recreate yeah. it. Um, yeah. That's great. Yeah. So cool. All this stuff is like, it's not, um, necessarily helping us get to product market fit. Um, but it's helping me feel a lot better about things and it, it's helping me feel like there's momentum. And, and I, th- I, I think it's, it, we, the more time, so there's two things, the more time I spend thinking about reform and being excited about it, the more chance I have of like figuring this out, I think. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is like, I've been tweeting about this stuff and I can see that it works because we're starting getting signups from like, Twitter or podcast or whatever. And it's because like listeners of this podcast might have almost like just assumed that reform, they would just maybe forgot about it. And then I started tweeting about it a lot. And then it was like, oh yeah, actually maybe we'll, we'll try it. And, um, January was an okay, it was actually a a pretty good month. February was a really good month so far. Mm -hmm. So, um, we are growing a little bit and yeah so i'm feeling better about things um i'll sh- i'll share one more thing um that kind of like um helped on the motivation stuff that i i realized while i was in spain and and this is one of the things that i wouldn't normally share on you know in real time but because we don't even know if this is going to be released or i'll yeah. share it anyways but one of the things that's always been like felt like a handicap for for reform was that so we had branch we raised money for it we raised about two hundred thousand dollars for it and then it didn't work out in the end we almost ran out of money but then we managed to sell wp pusher which is basically the the asset that i invested into the company for also almost two hundred thousand dollars and then we used that money to start reform for and now we almost ran out of money again (laughs) but so the thing that I've always like kind of struggled with a bit is like 
like, why does it even matter? Like, you know, it felt like we started with like $200,000 in debt, almost like negative mm. because it felt like um, we didn't get new money really, you know, but sure. we still had um, this like cap table, whatever. And it's, it's totally the right way. Like I have, it's, and it's my own decision. Like this is just how it worked out, but it's just something that I've always had. It's been difficult for me not to like phrase it in my head as like, I frame it as something negative. Um, so the, the interesting thing right now is like, I think basically reform is at a point where we could probably also sell that for $200,000 on like micro acquire or something like that. And then mm-hmm. every time I've thought about that, I've been like, yeah, but why would we like it? I wouldn't get a single dollar. Like all the money would just go to the investors. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I wouldn't get yeah. anything, but I would, you know, it would be, but anyways, but then it just occurred to me while I was in Spain, because I spent so much time thinking about reform, you know, should I do this? Should I do that? It occurred to me that no, what this means right now is that even though we feel like things are going really slow and we wanted to grow more, we wanted to be bigger it's been uh, almost two years with reform now and we're actually like we've reached a magical point where we've created you know enough enterprise value that we could actually pay the investors back all the money they put in and and f- so we, we've created enough value to like pay them back basically and mm-hmm. from here on it, the growth benefits everyone you know like yeah. we um, we've passed the the magic th- threshold of like, you know, we had these money that people mm. t- trusted us with and on paper we've made them back. And now, yeah, cool. I, it made, it, it's a completely different way to see it. And it kind of flipped everything upside down for me where it's like, this is actually motivating. Like, that's cool mm-hmm. that we did that. Um mm-hmm. You know, worst case, they can get their money back. That's cool. So we created some value. But from here on, like, if it grows, um, we start to make money as well. Yeah. And uh, I don't know why I just haven't thought about it that way. But it's just like kind of like a mental f- flip or something, a switch that f- flipped. Um, yeah. And there's like it's a lot of numbers stuff. and stuff in there. That's why, like... It's not something I would normally share, but it's just, um, yeah, it's something that it's I... It's a good milestone. It, yeah. Yeah. It feels like, a, yeah. it feels big. I agree at the phrase, you know, enterprise value. Like there's a durable asset in there that's not, that's real and yeah. uh, that can be built upon. So the seed is the seed is growing. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it, it and took, I think like you know, I saw it as like basically worth nothing because I wouldn't get anything, you know. Mm-hmm. But it However, is worth something, you know. It is worth something. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, the fact that you took some money to get it to that point doesn't take away from the fact that it was worth nothing when you started it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah, and then so the final thing maybe uh, on top of that is like I I used Summit again, like I sometimes do when mm-hmm. I'm retreating, <laughs> and <laughs> that's great. I um so I had like a really big number where I was like it'd be cool to make this much money 
in in 10 years when I'm in in my early 40s and so but that's that was like a really big number so I needed like some compounding math to figure out what that is in a shorter term so like what mm. like to get on that trajectory how much do I need to make the next year or the next three years or in 10 years basically yeah and um and when I looked at it one year out in the future, I um, I had a number in mind, and and then I just, I thought about like what would be the easiest way of ma- uh, if I can make this number in a year, at least I'm on the right uh, I'm on the right track. It doesn't mean I make the ten year number, but if I can make the one year number, I'm I'm on the right track, potentially. Yeah. So what would be the easiest way? Would it be to like start a new company from scratch or would it be to, so basically the, 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 when I did the math, it would, if I could double reforms, uh, revenue MRR in a year. Mm-hmm. The, and I looked at the enterprise value again, <laughs> basically mm. my part would be, um, have it be, be basically what the increase in my own, like, um, net worth would be to be on that chart that I was kind of drawing for the 10 years. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I feel like I can double this in a year. And if I can't, then it's not the right, um, it's not on the right track and it's not going to help me get to where I need to. Um, and then it's like, okay, so then, then I, I, I made an even shorter, um, uh, timeline in, in timeline in summit. And it's like, okay, this is where I need to be in, um, this is when I need to hit this number that's in the summer. And this is when I need to hit this number that's in the fall. And then mm-hmm. in a year I'll hit this number. Mm-hmm. And it all seemed so easy. Mm-hmm. It's nice when we break those things down into tractable sections. Yeah. 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 I told Bjorn, like if we hit this number in July, it means we're on this track that in theory could take us to this really big number mm-hmm. <laughs> in 10 years. Um, yeah. if, if we're only halfway there, maybe it'll take 40 years instead. So it's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. That's great though. I mean, it's a good exercise to say doubling the revenue in a year because that feels very approachable as a yep. revenue goal. Yeah. Yep. Especially since you got to here in two years and a lot of, a lot of that is like activation energy, if you will. Like yeah, and I looked at it. I think Re- uh, WP Pusher took three years to get to that point. Reform took two years. Cool. So why not? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> why not? I like it. That's cool, yeah. man. That was my uh, try to get everything out there while it's recording. Good. Update. I like it, man. You are You are already on the right track mentally, you know. Yeah, you're on the track mentally that will <laughs> set you up to possibly be on the right track uh, economically. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. It feels right right now at least. Nice. Good for you, man. Yeah. Do you want to give an update too? You were very secretive before we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's, it's just like uh, I... I had a rough, had a rough uh, couple of weeks since we recorded last. I got mm-hmm. sick last week with, uh, oh, with yeah. a virus that just literally gutted me. <laughs> it was yeah, bad. I've never heard you 
talk <sighs> like that about being sick. <laughs> yeah, I I rarely get quite ill. Let's put it that way. Every once in a while, I'll feel like, oh, low energy, or I'm sneezing some or something, or I have a little bit of a scratchy throat. This truly put me in bed for days and killed my appetite and made me throw up a bunch of times. It was nasty. Um, and spread through the whole family except for Sky. So four of us got sick in a four-day span and or five-day span. So it was crazy. It was like dominoes, just one after the other. Um, and then in the midst of that, I had a call and I had multiple calls that I had to cancel or postpone. And there was one in particular that I had very hard to come by call. And it was also a call where I was going to learn like the outcome of a deal. So I was eager to have that call. I had literally thrown up, you know, three or four times the night before, but I, I forced myself to join this call. <laughs> and, uh, that's so rough. With this flu, yeah, I took a shower, you know, put on a, a button-down shirt and, and, and sat in my bedroom where the lighting wasn't great. I apologize for the lighting, but I, I have a confession to make. I've, I've never lied so blatantly when the person asked me, oh, how are you doing today? You know, how's your week <laughs> going? It's just like, they do yeah. not want to hear about my, my virus, uh, and I frankly don't want to get into it, so I just... It's just like, fine, great, great. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> just, never been better. <laughs> never been better, exactly. Like, as soon as I close this laptop lid, I'm going back to bed, even though it's, I don't even know what time it is, kind of feeling. But, um, but yeah, so so I had that call, and they ended up, they ended up passing. They ended up not buying. And I thought the reasons were surprising. Well, the reasons were surprising, um, they've decided to do it themselves. Now, what's funny is it's been a week since we recorded this, and they think they can do it themselves in the proverbial two weeks. Of course, like we can do this ourselves in two weeks. The little devil on my shoulder really wants to follow up in a friendly way and say, like, "Hey, it's been a week. Like, you halfway there? Yeah. <laughs> in building, in building your own uh, summit." But I, I'm sure they're not. I'd be shocked. Um, but you know, it was, it was a, it was a punch in the gut, uh, ha And, and I, I learned a bunch of stuff from that. I sort of learned, you know, based on the objections, how can we qualify leads better coming into this? How can I have conversations leading up to these kinds of moments where I do a better job of, of explaining to the engineering team that's there, why they shouldn't choose to do this themselves. And frankly, why summit is not limiting in terms of restricting your ability to do great things we're, we're literally just taking over the part that you don't want to do it's like i know you really want to write a system to send your own text messages but if you use twilio you can still do all the fun valuable parts and just <laughs> leave the the boring part to us because that part is just math and you don't get credit for math. So let us do that part. But that didn't come through and they want to do it themselves. So they're going to give it a shot. And uh, that was really disappointing. But the other part that came to me in that is that you know, my last business was uh, in the supply chain space and we were selling to global, what they're called shippers, which means manuf shorthand for manufacturers. And there's 
you know, there's maybe five global food companies that you need to sell to. There's probably 10 beverage companies that you need to sell to. I mean, at those levels, the consolidation is amazing. All the brands you see are an illusion. There's not many companies behind those things. Mm. So losing a deal is not acceptable. Like, you can't lose a deal, really. It's like you must win every deal because they take two years. There's only five of them. <laughs> you need all five yeah. to build an interesting business. Like, you can't... They're all owned by Nestle or Mars yeah, or exactly. Kraft like, Heinz or something. Kraft Heinz, <clears throat> Nestle, Unilever, Mars, exactly. Like, you must sell all of these. And they're all owned by Warren Buffett in the end. <laughs> basically. So so you have to win every deal. And I think what was so liberating about sort of the, the post-mortem on this one was, yes, there was lessons learned and things I could have done better. But what was really encouraging to me was I, with, with Summit and the kind of business this is, I can add five more deals to the pipeline this week and go close those instead and it makes no it makes a difference but it only makes a difference if i let it make a difference there's yeah. tens of thousands of people that i can sell this to to let yeah. one deal falling through it doesn't break us it just that's fine and they may come around and buy eventually but it's totally fine and it's it's sort of like if i were selling devops software or something if some tech company doesn't want to build on our solution it's going to be okay. There's literally 10,000 other companies to sell to. So yeah. Like if you of... build software for States, you know, you know, yeah. and, and the three for like first three of them are like, nah, we don't want this. It's like, it starts to get rough, yes. you know, yes. there's 50 of them or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That we were selling to state governments and we've been turned down by California. That's yeah. a problem. <laughs> yeah. Because that's like the second biggest one. But like when one company says no, it does. It's okay. Just just learn from it and keep going. Just keep going. And that's what I was really encouraged by. And so we're doing that. I have to say, it's still hard. Um, we have, you know, we're using Close CRM. Shout out to our friends there to to work pipeline and opportunities. Um, we've got just. You know, we have four deals that are at the verbal agreement stage where somebody at the company has said, we want to go forward, <laughs> but we haven't closed them yet. And it's driving me a little crazy mm -hmm. because I'm being, on any given day, I feel ghosted by my champion there. And yeah. in an enterprise world, in these situations, I would actually go fly to Denver or New York or wherever I needed to go to meet with these companies in person and just get the deal across the line, it was worth it. Uh, I could see justifying some travel maybe in two of these cases. Um, but the thing is, people work from home. They're all over the country. They're all over the world. <laughs> That's There's awkward. no place to go. Yeah, there's no place to go. And so I'm sitting here Show going... Show up on your porch with a little suitcase and... Uh, I know, exactly. Like... <laughs> I was in your neighborhood and I wanted to close this deal. So I and feel sell you a vacuum very, cleaner. Yeah. I feel strangely incapacitated or um, just uh, at a loss to some extent of how to move these 
across. Like they've said we want to move forward, but then I send them an email. Hey, that's great. You want to move forward? Uh, just confirming that this is permission to invoice you. And then nothing. And then I'm like, the next day, I'm like, hey, just make sure this gets lost in the shuffle. And like, and then a week goes by and you're like, okay, this is so, this is why sales is uh, very psychologically difficult because the high that you get when your first four reasonably sized deals say yes is tremendous. But to get them to say, oh, and that means you can send me the invoice, that's not the same thing. You can't just say it's a closed deal yet. If you do and move on, that's how you end up reporting bad numbers. They need to say, send me the invoice or sign the DocuSign, whatever that step is. And uh, these, these four haven't yet. But if they do, it will be a significant difference in our revenue. And that makes me very excited. And by significant, I mean... We'll double our annual revenue this month if these deals close. So, and then the next month I want to do it again. <laughs> so, yeah. so these are, this is a great problem to have, but it's extremely, what's the word? Like it's agonizing because yeah. to, to have that much potential just hanging out there, it's torture, man. It's yeah, and then maybe when people listen to this, if this becomes a podcast, then now there's gonna be like some bells, like or like um the like some sort of like audio effect, and then we go on to the next phase where they get to know, <laughs> but we have to wait. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ex- exactly. Like, and I wanted to capture this moment because this is a this is a low point. Uh, you know, we, we also have, um, seven months of runway left, give or take these deals all closing would extend our runway. Like that, that number would go up if these deals close. So that's how important this stuff is. And if we can show some new investors, our revenue doubling in one month from a, from a, from a non-zero number to a, okay, and then the next month again, potentially, like if we could double revenue two months in a row, that starts to look like a real hockey stick, meaning the flat part at the beginning and then something changed, right? And I want to do, we, you know, we need to do that. So, so we need these deals to close. Uh, one of them in particular is a name brand that is very, very exciting. Uh, and that's going to do wonders for our social proof. When we go live with them, we're going to be able to share that on LinkedIn. I'm going to be able to mention that on sales calls. Like, this is heavy hitter stuff. So mm-hmm. maybe I'll use my other minute or two here and say that one in particular, I almost thought we lost in the same way as that other one. I had a call with him. It was one of our very first pricing proposals. I wouldn't call it sticker shock, but he didn't. It's like, this doesn't work for me. You know, and so I've been through the ringer getting from this this packaging doesn't work for me to would you please give us the opportunity to present a different price and package to you? Is that right? the one where you based on their feedback changed the way you priced yes. the product? Yeah. Yeah. Their feedback was so strong 
but also so good. Like, kudos to them for being candid. Basically, they were like, this isn't going to work. And it was a, it was hard because we're like, what do you mean it's not going to work? Because like we're, we kind of need that to work. That's our pricing model. And they forced us to go back to the, to the enterprise drawing board at least and say, what would our pricing model be if not this? And we just said, you know what? Screw it. We're not going to, that we're not going to use that. That dimension is now going to be unlimited. We're not going to charge by that anymore. We're going to let them have as many as they want to. And you know what? He was so right. From then on, I started using that as my as the packaging. Now the entry level price is a no brainer. It's like, oh, I get that's like surplus, you know. That made a world of sense. And then it's like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like if we get you to say yes to that, and you because you get unlimited, the features that we can sell to you after that, there's no end, you know. And so sort of like HubSpot maybe saying, sure, you can have unlimited email contacts. I'm not saying they would do that these days. But then they're like, well, now that you have all these emails in here, we can sell you analytics, we can sell you email marketing automation, we can sell you, you know, whatever it is, pipeline views. Forms. Forms, exactly. And actually, HubSpot, I think, is a really interesting, maybe this is a good, like, way to end it. I think HubSpot is becoming increasingly kind of an inspirational example for me from a, they just kept growing their enterprise product over time. They started out, as something pretty small and then screen upon screen feature upon feature built out this enterprise offering that is now worth you know five six figures to people but it just started out very small and that's okay so if we can just get that foot in the door i think now that we're marketing tech i think there's a huge opportunity to obviously you know upsell and grow from here so um so yeah that's that's where i'm at maybe i'll uh maybe i'll go here I'm really excited about having a sales deck. Really, it's been really fun. I will say one thing we've learned is now that we're selling to VPs of marketing, it turns out, man, that like the H1s and H2s that you have, if you know what I mean on like a landing page, the copy for folks, uh, those really need to be aligned with, and, and this makes a ton of sense, so obvious, like OKRs. What are the OKRs of your user and buyer? Those should influence your h1s like your headline and your and your subheadline and it's so funny because i think save time and money i tweeted about this like save time and money or whatever it is like we come up with these b2b SaaS like winning value propositions <laughs> and it's like does a vp of marketing really have an objective or key result that says save time and money probably not like a vp mm-hmm. of sales a vp of sales wants to increase sales velocity by 33 percent shorten sales yeah. cycles by 12 days these are lower level, but more detailed. And so a VP of marketing, if we're selling to marketeers, uh, saying, you know, changing our language to say, we're going to improve your lead qualification. We're going to accelerate. We're going to allow you to provide more and better market qualified leads to your sales team. We're going to give you enrichment on your leads. This is going to improve conversion rates and those discovery call hit rates with your sales team. Like getting into the real nitty gritty of the roles that we're selling to has really made the sales conversations so much better because I'm speaking the everyday language of the person I'm talking to. It's like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a director of marketing or growth. 
what do they think about every day? Lead counts, qualification, enrichment, these things. If I'm like, oh, let me tell you how you build a low-code calculator to save time and money, they're like, help me connect this to my actual goals this quarter, which are, you know, sales velocity or lead qualification or improving the 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 improving, you know, our under, our analytics for our web traffic, like we're optimizing our paid spend. Like that's what my boss is telling me I have to do. So mm-hmm. could you spell this out for me? And I think it's been with the sales pitch and with the sales deck in mind, our sales deck is all language. that's really targeting like the OKRs of a marketing person, which is kind of liberating because it means I I can just focus on yeah like I'm going on indeed.com it's like a hack it was fun I went on indeed.com and I searched for like VP of marketing or director of marketing roles and I looked oh, at what brilliant. genius right I, I, I looked at what those job postings said like within the first 90 days we want you to X I'm like these are the things that Summit needs to say we help with like we need you to you know Increase audience, you know, our audience intelligence function, whatever it is, like just, yeah, duh. Like <laughs> when they go looking for software, this is it. That's actually interesting. Like you should just like wait for someone to get hired and then send them a pitch for something. That's like literally what they were just hired to do. <laughs> it sounds like a hack, but it's like, isn't it kind of the most obvious thing in the world when you think about it? You're like, uh, yeah, why didn't anybody We want to hire someone already? to do X. And then once they're hired, you're like, hey, you want to help doing hey, X? <laughs> this does X. Congratulations on your new role. Our yeah. software does X, Y, and Z. And like, so that's literally <laughs> their top three goals for their first you know, six months on the job. <laughs> that's how you get hired as a product by somebody who's got those goals. And I'm like, this is so obvious. Uh, that's the mindset I'm in as a, you know, in the sales and product marketing uh, role for Summit right now. So those are highs for me, like those discoveries and like going like, oh my gosh, duh. I think that's been really rewarding. It hurts when you get a no or you're sick and get a no or, you know, you're worried about losing these deals or you just get radio silence. And, but, you know, again, this is, this is the hardest, these are the hardest sales we're ever going to have to do. The product is at its worst. The pitch is at its worst. The communication is at its worst. Like, I have the least amount of collateral or things to give these people. The demo is the roughest it's ever going to be. So like in some sense, I'm just saying like, look, out of these four, if some of these close, that's a good sign because it's only going to get easier as a salesperson from here to be like, I look back at these deals and I'm like, holy cow, I wasted the first call talking about stuff that I would never mention, you know, tomorrow on a new call because I've learned so much and I'm like, it's amazing. These deals are even at the finish line, you know? So yeah, that's, that's a good inc- way to think about it. Yeah. It's encouraging it, it, at the same time. You're like, why are these so hard? Well, you know, you just didn't do the best job, but it's okay. You're, you're learning. So anyway, hopefully this is the good, uh, this creates good drama, good radio drama. Yeah, this for is folks. an audio documentary level. Hmm. We'll see, guys. Can't wait to the next episode. (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. Good stuff. Yeah, man. Good to catch up. Yeah, let me let you go. Thanks so much, man. Talk to you later. See you later. Take care. See ya. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) 